This Morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre is brought to you by Abe's Door Service, where service is their specialty. Visit abesdoor.ca. Good morning. 7.36 here on the all-new This Morning with Jalen and Daryl. Of course, Jalen is off today, not feeling too well. Got the sniffles, at the very least, a little stuffed up. Kind of hard to sleep when you can't breathe. Uh, I think we've all been in that position. So hopefully she'll uh, be better after today and be back tomorrow. But uh, you would just get yourself better, Jay. And uh, we'll see you whenever you get in. Uh, this has been a story that has been it's been rolling on here for a while. And it's been highly controversial. The situation in Leduc. There's been a lot of of allegations and cases where people are saying that they had been abused. Women within the Leduc Fire Department, for example, been abused. There have been people who've lost their jobs over this. There's also been a class action lawsuit by uh, female firefighters out of Leduc. And now there's, there is there is a settlement that we're told has been reached in this class action lawsuit and that there are people, women maybe over the last 20 years might be eligible to participate. We wanted to get details on exactly how this is supposed to work, what the settlement is, is it in stone, or does this still have to be approved? Uh, the lead lawyer on the case is Robert Martz, and he's joining us uh, this morning here on 6.30 Chet. Uh, good morning, Robert. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Uh, you betcha. Thanks for being here. Take us through all of this. Uh, class action lawsuit. How did this get started? Who launched this class action lawsuit? So the lawsuit was launched by two women who were firefighters at Leduc, uh, Mindy Smith and Krista Steele, about a year and a half ago. And it was over uh, 20 years of the, the city and the fire department allegations that they tolerated discrimination, uh, sexual misconduct, and up to sexual assaults. And so why did it become a class action lawsuit as opposed to just these two individuals uh, trying to get some, some kind of uh, justice out of this? Because the understanding was that it happened to a large number of women, um, dozens, maybe more. And so the class action was a way to get some compensation and some justice for them as well. Well, and and as I'm looking at some of the information that I have, it says that any woman who worked at the city of Leduc over the past 20 years is eligible to participate in this. So any department, not even in the firefighters department? That's right. If you're a woman that's worked at Leduc since 2002 and you were discriminated against or uh, assaulted or harassed, uh, you're entitled to participate in the lawsuit and potentially get compensation. And what would that compensation be? So it's the it's between ten thousand and two hundred eighty-five thousand dollars, depending on uh, yeah, depending on how serious the harm was. So, you know, there's lots of women out there that are still suffering and you know need to get help, and this is a compensation that's designed to help them get that. I totally understand that. How do you prove though uh, that you are eligible or should be eligible? So it's a bit of a unique process for these kind of things in Canada. It's all on paper, so women don't have to come in for an interview. It's entirely confidential. Once we uh, we get this thing approved in court on July 4th, uh, women will have an opportunity to go to the class action website, fill out a form describing what's happened, and then uh, they'll, depending on, on what they say, they'll have the chance to get compensation. Uh, <laughs> How much is this settlement worth overall? Do we know? Like, It's supposed to be going in to get approved. So how much money is being set aside for this or would be set aside? So we don't know how much the ultimate amount will be. That will depend on how many women come forward. And uh, you know, we hope that anybody that's, that's suffered these sorts of things in the last 20 years comes forward. Is this the first time that, uh, say, uh, you know, a, a, a firefighters group or a municipality has faced this kind of a class action lawsuit? 
Yeah, from what we can tell, it's the, it, fire stations have faced this before, but it's the first time anyone's been successful on it. So as far as we can tell, this is the first settlement in Canada uh, or successful class action against the fire department or municipalities like this. Uh, you talk about the financial compensation, anywhere between 10000 and $285,000 for an individual. How many individuals, uh, what, is, it, is there any estimate on how many women have worked for the city of Leduc over the last 20 years? Well, there'd be a lot. I mean, I think Leduc, Leduc's a fairly large place, and they have about 400 employees at any given time. So, you know, you, you've got a lot of eligible people there. Uh, the uh, hearing to approve the settlement that you said is on July the 4th, what's the process in that? Is there any chance it won't be approved? Who makes that decision? Who's making the arguments? So uh, there's been a judge that's been assigned to this case from the beginning, and she'll hear from uh, Leduc's lawyers and from us um, we've agreed that it should be approved and that uh, it should run fairly smoothly. The settlement also includes uh, some what do we call non-monetary things like an apology from the city and some restorative programs to kind of move forward and create a better working environment in Leduc. Mm-hmm. So we expect that the court will will approve it. We're hoping, definitely. Uh, is, is there a number of, uh, of people already signed into the class action? Like how many people are we talking about so far? So far, uh, about 10 women came forward and gave uh, affidavits, sworn evidence okay. uh, so far in the case about what had happened to them at Leduc. Um, and we know there's, you know there's quite a few more out there that were, were reticent to put their names forward given, given what had happened and, and, uh, and their concerns. But yeah, there was 10 that have their, put their names out there so far. What's the threshold uh, to, to become part of this? So uh, you'd mentioned that it's it's confidential so that people they don't have to be interviewed in person. They can do it as a written affidavit, et cetera. What's the threshold uh, of proof? I'm trying to fi- I'm trying to wrap my head around that. You can make the allegation and say this happened. Is it taken on face value? Uh, does the municipality get an opportunity to, to counter that? How does this work? So there's a... The way it's done is there's what's called a presumption of good faith and honesty. So women will swear an affidavit, will swear effectively a, a, a paper, paper attestation, something, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. and they'll be, it'll be presumed that they're doing it in good faith and honestly. And I don't think that's a, an unreasonable presumption. The city's agreed to that, and then it's on a fifty. If and then we'll, uh, an independent third party will take a look at that, and there's a bunch of criteria set out in the settlement, and they'll determine whether. Um, those those have been satisfied. So at the lowest level, uh, you gotta you would establish, you know, if you've been discriminated against, if you've been denied an opportunity based on, you know, uh, pregnancy or something like that, mm-hmm. all the way up to the highest levels. Uh, how how long do people have to get in on this if they uh, if they have a story to tell? So they'll have a year after it gets approved. So uh, till till next summer, effectively. Uh, this hearing is on uh, is uh, I guess next week, but uh, does the decision come down the same day, or is it usually held over for a little while for a, a judge to make their determination? Yeah, good question. We we're hoping that the decision will make, be made that day. Um, and these type of things, they often are, but that's up to the judge. She can uh, do it how she would like. Uh, if somebody wants to believes that they have been wronged uh, at some point over the last twenty years, how do they get involved? Who do they contact? What do they do? So there's a web. 
website called LeDukeClassAction.com. They can go there, and there's information and contact information for us. They can also contact um, myself at the at Burnett Duckworth and Palmer, Rob Martz. You can reach out to, to me and any of the team that's been working on it. So we're happy to talk to anybody and take them through the process. Okay, uh, that website again, Leduc Class. What is it? LeDukeClassAction.com. Okay. Very easy. All right, uh, Rob, thank you so much. Appreciate your time this morning. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Thank okay. you. You bet. Cheers. Uh, Robert Martz is a lead lawyer on this case. LeDukeClassAction.com. I wonder how many. Nine or ten so far, I believe he said. Uh, the two women initially who got this uh, all rolling. Will there be many more? How many women over the 20 years? Uh, maybe if you see those numbers, you'll get a better idea as to the potential... Uh, you know, the intensity of that of the systemic culture that has been alleged uh, against the city of Leduc and the, and the firefighting uh, group. We'll see when we see how many numbers uh, go through that. 7.45, much more to come here this morning. This morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre, presented by Abe's Door Service, with 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. Rolling up on 748 here on your Monday morning. Daryl McIntyre here with you. Jalen Nye is off today. It is the all-new This Morning with Jalen and Daryl and Morley, too. Morley's off uh, the show from this morning, but he does have the Elks uh, this week, the tonight at 730 here on 630 Chet. And, of course, he was calling the game yesterday. But he'll be back tomorrow. Then he's off on the road again because the Elks are taking on Ottawa on Friday. Look at the bright side. At least they don't have to wait too long. They get an opportunity for redemption right off the bat. Now, maybe that's not going to be all that helpful. It's a short week. It could be beat up a little bit. They've got to, they've got to travel. They're not going to get much in the way of practice. And Ottawa, as uh, Morty mentioned earlier when I was chatting with him, he did jump in with me here uh, at about 6.30 to talk about the game. Uh, Ottawa's coming off a bye week, so they've had tons of time to both be rested and to prepare and all that kind of stuff. So uh, anyway, Morley will get you all set up for that uh, tonight at 7.30 here on 6.30 Ched. We've had a number of conversations here so far this morning. Uh, and it's a pretty funny text as far as the hen day because you have to laugh when you're stuck in a situation that just seems ridiculous. As you know, that uh, Southwest Hen Day Bridge is down to one lane in each direction all day for the next I think it's another three and a half weeks. It's not until uh, later in July. So, the, you know, one direction uh, will be shut down for two weeks, and then the other direction gets shut down for, the other bridge gets shut down for two weeks. Single lane, both ways. The volumes of traffic on the hen day are just... <laughs> There's way too much to be able to handle by one lane slowed down, bottlenecked each way. And here, I'm trying to find some bright side in this, that once that is done, it looks like the whole project should be done in September, but once these, these individual closures are done, it should open up. There will be some peripheral work still continuing to finish everything off, but that should be the worst of it. So it's another three weeks or so of pain to finally get from point A to point B. But man, that's going to be a mess uh, for a number of days. Talked about that a little bit this morning. We also talked about the fact that Connor McDavid popped the uh, question to his longtime girlfriend, uh, Lauren Kyle, on the weekend. And we were wondering, you know, does this become much like the great royal wedding of 1988? Do you remember that? Wayne Gretzky, Janet Jones. Uh, it's a, it was a. 
That was a fascinating scene back in the day where if, if there was television cameras, there was a pool feed for all the different TV stations to be able to tap into at the same time because there was a camera in there. I mean, remember Aquila Productions? I'm pretty sure Don Metz was running that whole thing. Uh, and, and it was in St. Joseph's Basilica. The train on Janet Jones' wedding dress was, what, 20 feet long? It looked like a royal wedding. There were crowds outside the church. There was uh, Jasper Avenue was shut down. I, we we kind of have the feeling the Connor McDavid wedding, whenever that is, I mean, the po- question just popped on the weekend, probably won't be the same way. It's, I don't think Connor McDavid is likely to get married in such a public fashion. More likely it'll be a, a quiet, uh, private affair. And then Cody Jansen this morning was was figuring he's going to, if it was televised, he'd sell the rights for 5 to $10 million to a TV that's station. That's not smart, though. Like, he would have to. You would never just say, yeah, why not? Let's have 20 TV cameras <laughs> at my wedding. No chance. Like, what? he's either doing it in front of, you know, 100, 200 people in, mm-hmm. like, Greece. <laughs> in Greece, okay. Or else he's making 10 million bucks and he'll have a public wedding. Would you, yeah, do you sell your wedding, though? I mean, it's not the Kardashians. <laughs> I'm sure. I think he's a little more private than that. Either way, it's 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 pretty cool. Congratulations. It is so funny, though, to go back and didn't look at the... did his brother get engaged, too, like, the, like a day or something later? It didn't make the same kind of uh, waves on the Twitter. I as... feel like someone will know and someone will let us know on the text line. But right. I, unless I'm starting rumors here, but I think that there's some sort of, like, his brother got engaged as well. Exactly. <laughs> Well, you know, family affair. Maybe they'll do a double wedding. Everybody gets married at the same time in Greece. We'll see how that turns out. Uh, if you go and you, if if you have a chance and you want to Google uh, Gretzky wedding 1988, just just visually, look any any bride. And I shouldn't. I I, I have no right to cast dispersions upon any bride's choice. But there was 1980. The puffiness on the sleeves and just the way this all looked, it screamed late 80s. It's a beautiful trip down memory lane. If you want to do a time-traveling trip, it's just awesome. Okay, yes, I'm correct. Cam and Sarah, his brother, Uh get engaged. Wow. So there you go. It was a family affair. Wonder if they talk talk to each other about it. <laughs> Are you gonna? Okay, just, well if you're gonna, I'm gonna. Imagine them ring shopping together. <laughs> the quietest day ever. Connor, can you slip me a little extra cash so I can crank up mine? <laughs> we go to the family reunion. If I got Little Rock and Big Rock, See, it's just. I wasn't gonna take a shot at Cam like that. Yeah. Well, he doesn't make quite as much money as Connor. Probably not. Look, that's the way it is.